time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Some of those events in my life that actually formed how I've continued to think about life throughout my my existence was when I began my work as a chaplain at the hospital. You get a lot of challenges to your beliefs and and to your theology in those times when you're in the middle of a crisis and you're dealing with families who are in the midst of tragedy sometimes. Sometimes they're in the midst of triumph, but mostly the chaplain is there in the midst of tragedy. And they've formulated some of my thinking, and some of my thinking happened because of what I heard people say. One of the most common phrases I heard used at the hospital to explain some tragedy was, well, everything happens for a reason. And I would watch as people would say that in almost a flippant kind of way. You know, something tragic would happen. And I would watch somebody swoop in and say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. And usually they would walk out the door not seeing the completely destroyed face of the person who had just been told that their loved one was dying or had died or had some other tragedy, some limitation, just because everything happens for a reason. You see, it's always meant to bring comfort, but it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's false, though. It just means that when it's delivered that way and the way it's meant by that person, it's not felt as a comfort. Because you see, and I want you to hear me all the way through this podcast, everything does happen for a reason. It's just not the reason that's behind that statement. It's not the reason that people give. When people say that, when people say everything happens for a reason, there's this belief that there's something that's controlling the universe and causing these things to happen to individuals. Maybe it's the fates. Maybe it's destiny or karma or a god or gods. And I don't think that's the case because what that means is we have to live with a very capricious world that's happening against us. And I really don't believe that's the case. If you're not familiar with that idea of the fates, it's where we get that idea of destiny from our Greek uh, beliefs, the, those ancient Greek beliefs, that, you know, that mythology that you might have grown up on. was the, the fates were three women. One woman would create the threat of life, and that's what happened that brought somebody into the world. And then one person, one woman, would measure out that, that thread, that thread of life, and that determined how long the person was going to live. And then the final, the final woman would have the scissors of fate and, and would make the clip of life, and that would end somebody's life. And so there was the beginning of a life, the weaving of their life, and then there was the measurement, and no longer was it just a, a certain amount of thread. There could be any length of thread. And then finally, there was an ending to it. And so the fates were in charge. And in some ways, the Greeks believed you couldn't escape your destiny, that whatever was going to happen was going to happen. So you might as well go through life just kind of waiting for it to happen. That's where we get that whole idea of fate or destiny. Sometimes we fall back on that idea of karma, that maybe somebody did something wrong and finally it's all catching up with them. And so why does it happen for a reason? Well, maybe they did something that that caused that. Maybe there's some universal thing that finally came to them. Or maybe God is trying to teach a lesson. Or maybe God is trying to, to show a different way. Or maybe the gods are taking action. Well, there is a reason. 
And the reason that things happen is a result of actions and laws that are just true in the world. These, these reasons are why something happened. And so it's not what's behind it, but there's always a reason. Sometimes they're our own doing and sometimes they're natural laws. The reason that I went over the front of uh, my bike and landed on my chin and busted my chin was because of gravity and because of other laws that were going on and my own fault for being on a mountain bike and not knowing what I was doing and trying to hop that big uh, limb, at least in my mind it was a big limb. My, My riding partner tells me it was pretty small, but anyway, it caught my front wheel and over I went. The reason that I went over, gravity took me on. Inertia took me on. Gravity took me to the ground. And the reason it split my chin was because I landed on hard ground and the bone in my chin dug through the skin. That's the reason. What's the reason that somebody uh, gets some, some illness? Maybe because they were too close to somebody else who was infectious. There's a virus that was there or a bacteria that was there that they picked up, and that's the reason behind it. Why did the car slide on that piece of ice and into the bankment? Well, the reason was because there was moisture on the road, and when the temperature dropped below freezing, it froze, leaving a glazed surface. And then the laws of physics began to to bring into play when that tire could not hold friction against the ice. Those are the reasons behind these events. In recent days, we've had losses around us, and there are reasons for every loss. Just recently, a young woman was killed in an accident, in a car accident. And and a lot of times we ask that question of, what's the reason behind this? Well, the reason was something happened, whether it was mechanical or human error or the road or just physics got in the way and speed got in the way. But something happened that led to that. That's the reason behind it. And the problem is, a lot of times we want to believe that there's something bigger behind it. Now, let me be very clear that I do believe that there's something that can be taken from whatever happens. I just don't believe that there's something that caused it that's, that's beyond these, these ideas. I've told the story before, but it sticks in my head so much. I remember it was, it was in my chaplain days. This was years ago, and so rules were a little bit different, but it was evening in the hospital, and I was summoned to the oncology floor, and evening time at a hospital, you know, the family's gone home, and the, the, the staff are a little lower staffed, so they're not coming in and out of the room as much, and they're, they're trying to let people kind of recuperate and, and get better, and so it was after dinner, and the twilight had come, so the lights in the, the rooms were kind of dimming down, and so I was called to the oncology floor. I went to the nurse's station. I said, what can I do to help? And they told me the room number of a man who had asked for a chaplain. We'll call him Fred. And so I went down to Fred's room and knocked softly on the door and said, hey, it's, it's the chaplain. Can I come in? He called me in. When I walked in, his room was fairly dark, except for the glowing ember on the end of a cigarette. Now, when I got a little closer, I noticed that he had tubing taking pure oxygen <laughs> to his nose and was smoking. Somewhere along the way, we had yet to realize that there was some danger, first of all, in smoking at all, but second, in smoking in the middle of a pure oxygen situation. So there he was, puffing on his cigarette, and he was quietly staring at the ceiling. And I asked if I could come in. He said I could. I asked if I could pull up a seat. He said I could. 
I sat down and I said, Fred, they tell me that you wanted to speak with a chaplain. Can I help you? He took a long drag on a cigarette. He puffed out the smoke and it drifted to the ceiling. And he, without even looking at me, said, Chaplain, I got a question for you. I said, okay. And he said, why did God do this to me? Why did God make me like this? Why did God make me sick? Fred had been given a diagnosis of terminal lung cancer. He was dying from lung cancer. He came in because he had a cough. He coughed up a little blood and they did a little diagnostic work and found out that he had had lung cancer for some time. And now it had escaped his lungs and was throughout his body. There was no treatment that would arrest it very much. They could keep him comfortable, but that was it. So Fred wanted to know, why did God do this to me? I said, well, Fred, before I answer that, could I, could I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, Fred, how long have you been, been smoking? And he said, oh, I started smoking when I was 13. I said, well, how, how much do you smoke? And he said, oh, I, I probably smoke two packs a day. Even now I'm, I'm smoking in the hospital, probably a pack a day. So I'm a good two pack a, pers- a day person, have been for years. And I said, Fred, do you think that might have anything to do with your lung cancer? And my point was not to blame Fred, but to remind Fred that there is another layer of this, that he was looking to say, what's the reason this happened to me? Why did God do this to me? And he was missing the part where God didn't do it, but Fred had. Sure, there are lots of people who have the exact same habit to this day that Fred had of two packs a day, maybe more. And they don't get lung cancer. But the point is that Fred did get lung cancer and he was looking elsewhere for a reason, somewhere outside of himself. Everything happens for a reason. And I think part of the reason that Fred was suffering from lung cancer is because he had been pumping poison into his lungs on a regular daily basis since he was 13 years old. Another part might have been because Fred had some genetic capacity that that made him more susceptible than others to cancer, but that's the genetics that were there. Maybe another piece was that Fred had worked around heavy machinery and probably had taken in other chemicals along the way. Those were all reasons that likely contributed to the fact that he was suffering from cancer. It took no no imagination, no leap to find that it was the fates or destiny or karma or God or anything else that had caused this other than the reasons that I stated. And this is the problem. When we say there's a reason for everything, there is a reason for everything. There are natural consequences and there are natural laws that create the circumstances that we live through. For me, it's not the question of what's the reason, but what do you do with that? We often want to get focused on what caused this. And my bigger question is what now from here? And part of what happens in the middle of a tragedy is it's we're in the early stages in the middle of a tragedy of trying to figure out what it's about. But we humans have a great need to find meaning. And I believe that there is a way of finding meaning in things without resorting to the blame that's behind that, there's a reason for everything. I think it's safe to assume that there is indeed a reason for everything, but they are often consequences of actions and reactions that happened just before whatever happened. And that's just the part that we have to exist within, that this world, sometimes bad things happen. That's 
the idea of free will that we talk about as humans, that we have this free will of choosing. And sometimes there are consequences to our choices. Sometimes there are consequences to just being in the wrong place at the wrong time when the natural laws take over. It may be no fault of yours that you're walking down the path and somebody above you stumbles and dislodges a rock that comes tumbling down because of gravity and hits you in the head. That's just the path of what happened because of the actions and reactions along the way. There was a reason behind that. The bigger question for me is, how do we find the meaning? Viktor Frankl, one of my favorite writers, authors, neurologists, psychiatrists, uh, and all-around brilliant guy, talked about the fact that we always have the opportunity of finding meaning in things, that that's our last freedom to always be looking for what's meaningful. In fact, he said that when we lose that capacity, we become hopeless, that we as humans desperately need to find the meaning. My suggestion is that we then look for the meaning of what next. Look at how many people have had difficult things happen. And after that, decide to find some deeper meaning to move forward, to change things. So things happen for a reason. Things happen, good things happen. There are reasons for the good things happen, and there are reasons for the bad things happening, and there are reasons for the everyday things that happen you know, how many times do you drive down the road and have nothing happen on your drive and get to the end and say, well, there was a reason why I got here safely. There was a reason why no accident happened. Rarely do we think about that. And yet it's true when, when we're able to manage that, that there always is a question for us of how to make sense of this and how to find meaning. The challenge is in always growing from the challenges. When something comes along and disrupts our life, our question is, how do I find the deeper meaning for myself? How do I make this a challenge to my growth? How do I move forward? Sometimes what I noticed is that when people believe that this has just happened to them, that there's nothing that can be done, that somehow the fates, destiny, karma, God has somehow wrought this upon them, that they then give up. Rather than finding the deeper meanings, rather than looking for the deeper purpose, rather than trying to find the challenge to their growth of how to to move to a higher place. So my challenge to you is that when those difficult times come, when you are, are hearing that question, everything happens for a reason, to remember that is true. Everything does happen for a reason. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Nothing happens without something preceding it that you don't have to toss that to the fates. You don't have to toss it to destiny or to some other reason. But you can take it on as an opportunity of finding a deeper meaning in your life, of finding a way of letting that challenge you to grow to a new place. This is Lee Balk. I'm wishing you the best as you work to build a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.